Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham. It's The Jerry Ratcliffe Show, and Jerry is here with us. And uh, Jerry, um, uh, Virginia men's basketball getting back on track last night, a 66-46 win over Albany. And uh, the important part of the season now gets ready to, to get underway with Virginia heading to, to Georgia Tech and the bulk of the ACC schedule coming up. So um, this is the time of year we get busy. Yeah, it gets serious now, Chris. Uh, although I think if you had asked Virginia fans going into the season, if, if uh, they were eight and one at the, at the end of the non-conference part of the schedule, think they would have been pretty happy with that considering uh the, th- the three or four heavyweights that were on there and uh, they almost got through that unscathed they went three and one losing only to to houston which was not a bad uh not a bad loss at all reese beekman has been uh unhealthy injured he, you know he injured his ankle he then injured a hamstring and really since the michigan game uh has has been less than 100 percent and last night he sat, and um, probably a good move by Tony Bennett. He talked about that after the game, about uh, the, the thinking that went into that. So, um, But that, that was noticeable, and also Ben Vanderplas getting the start and, and, didn't, and then not getting many minutes after getting into foul trouble. But Tony is still trying to figure some things out with his team, um, at least in part caused by the, the, the issues with injuries to Reese. Yeah, and uh, I, I missed last night's game. I was under the weather a little bit, but uh, uh, so I didn't hear what he said about Reese. But I, yeah, I agree with you. That was a good decision to rest him in a game that didn't really matter. And um, I mean, just how good is Reese Bickman when he almost gets a triple double when he's not a hundred percent like uh, he did a, a not too long ago, and. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that was smart to rest him, and um, you know they they might be able to. I, who knows how much he'll play at Georgia Tech on Saturday in a matinee game? I think it starts at two o'clock. Um, Georgia Tech's kind of a one of those trap games where you you think you should be able to roll in and, and win, but um, you never know with Georgia Tech. They're a, they're a sneaky team sometimes. But, uh, yeah, taking care of business last night was good, and I agree. I think Tony is still trying to find the right combinations that's going to work against various lineups that they're going to face now that they're in the ACC competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Vanderplas will get some more starts um, as the season rolls on, just based on the, the matchup from the other side. Uh, maybe not against Duke and North Carolina because they can go big, but a lot of teams do go small. And right. That, it may be the advantage to have Vanderplas out there. <clears throat> so um, last night also um, thinking through um, – yeah, you didn't get to see the, the game, but um, Kia Clark had uh, an interesting game for Kia. He only shot the ball four times on the floor, ended up with eight points, ten assists, uh, and um, – he had two steals on back-to-back plays, picking the pocket of the uh, Albany point guard. And, uh, boy, he got the uh, arena, uh, which was in doldrums because the game was kind of slow and Virginia was having trouble early on pulling away. Really got the arena excited, too. So, Kihei was being Kihei. He was out there pounding on defense and 
and um, certainly earning the praise of, of Tony for doing so. Um, but uh, you can't overstate what how important that young man has been to this program and is this year for Virginia. Yeah, I was able to watch the game on TV and uh, being with uh, having a bunch of cold medicine in me, I was about to fall asleep until Kihei made those two back-to-back plays. <clears throat> and uh, Tony Bennett said, I read later that he said he had never seen that before and then went back and uh, corrected himself and just said he saw Muggsy Bogues do it um, when he played with the Charlotte Hornets. But <clears throat> I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, back-to-back steals like uh, Kihei made against uh, Al- uh, Albany's uh, point guard. And that, that was that was two spectacular plays. And uh, the Albany coach, I noticed, he said that that kind of crushed their spirit when Kihei stripped them twice like that and had two easy layups. Uh, Kihei's been amazing this year, uh, and I, I thought he would be. Uh, there's no reason to come back if you're not going to make a – strong contribution and I think he really dedicated himself in the offseason to becoming a little bit better player in, in all facets of his game and I mean my goodness here he is uh I think he tied or broke Jeff Jones uh no I, I guess he I don't know I'm not sure he had 10 assists I know he, he had something to do with Jeff Jones so I guess he, he could still break Jeff Jones or is it John? I guess John Crotty has the John record. John Crotty has the record, yeah. I think he passed Jeff Jones or tied Jeff Jones last night. But um, and he also became Virginia's all-time uh, games played uh, leader with 139 uh, passing London Perantes and, and Mike Toby. Um, that just tells you a lot about a, a guy who's able to do that because uh, if you look at all the storied players who – come through this system over the years and um all the terrific players and and he's gonna he's gonna smash that record obviously he's a fifth year guy and some of the other guys did it in four but um you know he's been a contributor ever since he was a true freshman and uh i don't know where this team would be without him right now especially with reese hurting right now no doubt about that Exactly. I don't know if you saw Tony's comments after the game last night. He's one win away from tying Terry Holland for the most wins uh, as a men's basketball coach to Virginia. And he was asked about that last night, and he said, you know, basically shrugged it off. I mean, it's not unexpected. That's what Tony would do. But he also paid great tribute to Coach Holland. Um, I think the quote was he, he mentioned you know, how, how Terry had been asked uh, once, and, of course, this wasn't just once, but he, he Tony had read the quote. Um, how, how's he doing? And, and Terry, Terry's response was better than I deserve. And Tony went down the line of how the, the, the program uh, has had all the success it's had. Um, and it's because of the players and coaches he's worked with and he gets the credit and um, he's doing better than he deserved. I thought it was a really nice tribute to, to coach Holland for him to frame it that way. Yeah. And I know they, they uh, have mutual admiration for, for one another and uh, uh, back before Terry uh, became ill uh, I, I had several conversations with him early in, in Tony's career here and about what he thought of, about Tony and his style and he said yeah it looks really familiar <laughs> because it, he believes in the same thing that Terry believed in was defense and rebounding and uh, 
that those are the staples that will get you through when your offense is failing. And uh, he he liked uh, he liked Tony Bennett. He liked his style. He liked uh, his personality. He liked the way he handles things. Um, and it's vice versa as far as Tony um, feeling the same way about Terry Holland. And I know, uh, I guess it was at the uh, the first ACC championship that Tony won. Uh, I guess it was down in Charlotte, and he pointed uh, he pointed up to Coach Holland or was looking up at Coach Holland in the stands and sort of paying tribute to him and what he had meant to the program and this establishing uh, Virginia as a as a solid program in the ACC. And uh, I don't know if Terry knew it at the time, but uh, that, that just shows how much that those two men uh, thought and think think of one another and and. Uh, uh, you know, Virginia's lucky to have had two guys like that in their program in the last 45, 50 years. And I think it goes without saying that there's no Tony Bennett if there's no Terry Holland, because what Holland did at Virginia in his 16 years, building that program up, uh, getting it to, uh, uh, you know, that national level um, is, is the backbone of what became, I mean, it, it led to the uh, construction. He, of course, he was athletics director as the, the JPJ was being um, planned and and then uh, built and and uh, Tony uh, has has built upon that foundation really well. So uh, you know, for all the fans now who maybe are new fans, younger fans who don't know Terry Holland uh, and, and know about what he did there, uh, the, the success that you're enjoying now as a fan uh, is because of what he did back in the '70s and '80s. Yeah, I mean, he was known around the league as the Virginia gentleman. He was uh, a, a terrific guy and uh, still is, and uh, always conducted himself in a high manner. Uh, had a temper like most basketball coaches do when things don't go their way, but uh, was a, a fun-loving guy, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that he was a prankster. He would play tricks on people. Uh, he'd wear a gorilla uniform. He kept in his office closet at University Hall and would break it out every now and then and go out into the hallway and, and uh, spook people. <laughs> it wasn't, what unsuspecting people uh, who worked there and, and people visiting. And he was just a, a fun guy, uh, superstitious guy. Um, we can talk about that later uh, once we get into that. But uh, uh, he was a first-class guy. He was uh, he was always good to me, and uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, he was very conscientious of everything around him. I, when they uh, when he was basketball coach, and they brought George Welsh in to try to straighten out football, and the uh, I guess George's second year when they actually. Uh, turned the corner a little bit in the program. Uh, I remember Sandra Welsh telling me that after the first win of the season, uh, somebody rang their doorbell, knocked on the door, and they went there, and there was nobody there. There was just this real teeny pumpkin sitting on the steps. And uh, with each progressing win, somebody would come and knock on their door and – each time nobody was there, and, and each time the 
pumpkin progressed uh, a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. And finally, when I think they won their uh, sixth game, uh, and uh, they, uh, George was determined he was going to catch who was gonna, who was had been doing that. <laughs> and they were right by the door all night waiting for somebody to knock. And as soon as they knocked, they opened the door, and and there was Terry Holland uh, dressed in a big pumpkin outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just shows you uh, what kind of guy he was and, and how much he uh, loved the way things were going. Uh, what uh, what eventually drove him out of here was Virginia failed to address the needs of the basketball program. They were, they were winning on a national scale. And uh, had, uh, had they pushed things back when Ralph was uh, here, they probably could have built a, a 20,000, 25,000 seat arena and and paid for it quickly because that's the it was incredible frenzy going around UVA basketball at that time. And uh they asked him to wait and he did and he waited and 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 waited and waited and still nothing ever happened. And he kept telling me, Jerry, they're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. Uh, they're, they're going to kill Virginia basketball. And he became frustrated and and finally just re, it's, it shocked everyone. He just resigned. He said it was going to be his last season. And um, and it was. And he uh, he took the AD job at Davidson. He, he, he could have gone on and coached, I think, I think Kentucky – approached him uh, minnesota some other schools uh but he went to davidson became the ad and then eventually came back here to become ad and i think the only reason he came back here as ad chris was to build a new basketball facility that he felt like the school needed so badly and uh fans can thank him for for getting that project done uh, with paul tudor jones and and uh, barry parkhill uh, convincing Mr. Jones that the the facility was needed, but uh, Terry Holland should get a lot of thanks for that. Yeah, and the success that fans are enjoying now and have for the last several years with Tony Bennett is due to that that effort by by Terry to uh, to to see that through. Something from twenty years before that was an oversight. So um, he he definitely deserves that credit. And it was funny t- Tony said last night. He wishes that uh, that Terry could have the record, um, and uh, they stopped counting so that Terry could have the record and be and be in first place all alone. Um, but that's not the way things are done. So it is, it, but it's nice. It's nice to be able to have have the have the coach of today thanking the coach of of yesteryear that helped make it possible. Um, and especially, we know that Terry's not doing well. Um, but uh, you know, we've had his his wife Ann on the show a couple times, and she tells great stories and. And uh, Coach Holland's always right there in our in our memories and our hearts uh, as he's dealing with what he's dealing with. Yeah, I think I had Terry. Uh, this was probably the last interview he did. Uh, I had him on my old radio show back in uh, I think 2019. Um, I don't know if it was before or after the national championship, but it was somewhere in that area. And uh, I, I hope we still have that saved somewhere i don't know but um he was uh very thankful for what uh 
Tony Bennett had done to restore Virginia basketball because obviously uh, under Dave Lato, the, the program uh, just went down the, the, the toilet really. And, and uh, was terrible in terrible shape. And uh, Tony not only restored that, but uh, took it to some new heights and uh, nobody appreciated that more than, than Terry Holland did. So uh, one other note from the game last night, Armand Franklin had a nice uh, bounce back game. He had struggled uh, after that big effort, uh, the 26 points he had against Baylor back last month. Uh, he'd only scored 43 points over the next seven games. Uh, his shooting really had waned and uh, his minutes started to as well. Last night, 20 points, seven of 13 shooting, and he actually missed his first four shots, but then rallied. He made seven of his last nine and he had, had a nice mix of threes, um, mid-range jumpers, uh, drives to the basket, got to the foul line. Um, it was nice to see that because Virginia needs that Armand Franklin uh, if they want to be successful later this season. Yeah, I don't think Virginia can get to where it wants to go, where it's supposed to go, if he doesn't have a great final season here. And uh, they need his scoring, they need his shooting and his experience on the floor. And uh, – you know, without without him doing that, it's it's not a complete basketball team and unless somebody else we haven't seen picks up that slack. And uh, at at the moment, that that person hasn't emerged. Uh, Vanderplus uh, has been somewhat inconsistent, uh, and uh, some of the other guys just uh, just aren't there yet. But. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that they can uh, reach the heights that they are projected to reach uh, without Armand Franklin having a great season. Tony talked about how uh, he kept encouraging him to, you know, basically just have the confidence. I mean, you're going to miss shots. Shooters are going to miss shots. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, keep taking good shots. Um, they'll eventually fall. And and he was impressed that his defense had continued to to, to – be a factor uh, talking about Armand. So even when he wasn't shooting well, he was still playing well. And um, that's something that, you know, can kind of be a message for the other guys there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Franklin's been through this before and, um, you know, he usually doesn't let that, he has a shooter's mentality that, you know, the next one's going in. So, I don't think his confidence takes too much of a blow when he's in a slump. Uh, although you would think it's, it's only human to have some loss of, of confidence when that's going on, but he does, he seems to be able to shrug it off better than, than most shooters do. Um, so that, I think that's one reason, you know, he, he'll be able to bounce back and, and hopefully be consistent the rest of the season. Um, but he's going to have to have a little bit of help too. He can't do it by himself. And uh, it's good to see that Gardner uh, is starting to come alive again. He's been playing really well. And, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, they're going to need Shedrick and, and Vanderplas to, uh, to contribute too. Uh, if they're going to, if they're going to win some of these big games that are coming up down the stretch, uh, you know, over the course of the season. Yeah, Isaac McNeely too. Uh, McNeely's getting minutes. He's playing good defense. He's not making the shots, um, but we and we've had him on the podcast here a couple of times. Uh, we love the kid. He's uh, 
<clears throat> once those shots start falling, it's going to be different. It's going to be a different kind of game for Virginia and for him, obviously for him. But for yeah, Virginia, and I, because- yeah, and I think they will. I, I think they will. I, he's too good a player for it not. I know he works hard on his game, and he's got the shot. He uh, he seems to have the shooter's mentality too. But he is a freshman, and he's trying to make the adjustment. But I, I think. Uh, I think his shot will come. Uh, I think it, it will. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that likes to play in big games, and uh, that's what he came here for. And I, I, I think I don't. I'm not worried about him. I think he's he's going to be okay. Well, we're both dealing. I'm I'm on the tail end of a, a couple week long cold. You're you're in the beginning stages. Hopefully, the getting towards the end stages of of one as well. Um, so we might cut this one short, but is there anything else you want to throw in before we before we do? Well, uh wanted to uh talk a little bit about losing uh Kenton Needlin uh this week, which was uh a blow to the UVA basketball family and and uh to all the fans that remembered him from the nineteen eighty-four final four and the, the East Regionals when he <laughs> He had his moment of glory. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget um, down in Atlanta that uh, when he was the hero in that final minute and a half when he stole the ball from Dan uh, Dockage, um, dribbled down the floor while his teammates held the breath because that was not his strong suits. They weren't sure he could make it three-quarters court without bouncing it off his knee or something, but uh, – Went up and scored and was fouled. Uh, he was, uh, as Terry Holland would say later, he was the worst free throw shooter I ever coached, except when it counted or when it mattered. And uh, and he made the free throw. And then the Indiana's next two trips down the floor, they missed. He went for the rebound both times, got fouled both times, went down for one and ones, and uh, he was uh, a career forty three percent free throw shooter so uh him making one out of two was uh was a win but he made three out of four uh of those last four shots and uh helped virginia upset indiana who had knocked off a couple nights earlier michael jordan sam perkins uh james worthy that bunch uh which uh nobody could believe and um he was the most unlikely hero on the floor, Chris. I mean, he, he was a guy who walked onto the program. Uh, you know, if he hadn't been encouraged by some of Virginia's players who saw him in, in pickup games, I, I don't know that he would have ever played basketball here because he was he was going he was here to become an attorney, I think. And um, uh, he played high school ball, but didn't get hardly any offers coming out of high school. So. He was content on just uh, being a student, getting his degree, going on and having a nice life, and uh, turned out to be one of the key figures in UVA basketball history. Uh, Virginia would probably have not gone to that Final Four in 1984 without him pulling off those heroics at the end of that game. And um, he was a real quiet kid with an infectious, infectious smile, and uh, his teammates loved him. Uh, 
I remember uh, in the post-game press conference, uh, Bobby Knight talking about that was the critical play of the game when he stole the ball from Dockich. And then uh, when Kenton came out for his interview up on the podium and uh, some writer asked him, he said, uh, uh, Kenton, what would you describe as your uh, shot range, your shooting range? <laughs> And everybody knew what the answer was because if it wasn't a dunk, uh, it really wasn't much chance of going in. And I, 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 Kenton uh, broke up the whole audience when he said, two inches is <laughs> my range shooting. <laughs> and uh, just what a great kid. And uh, uh, he went on to have a, a terrific life, had a, has a, a wife and, and uh Two kids. His daughter is a freshman at Stanford, I think. He has a son who's a freshman in high school up in Northern Virginia. So I'm sure um, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Uh, we're waiting to hear if there's uh, what kind of uh, services they may be holding for him. We'll publish that on our website. But uh, I know that uh, a lot of uh, Virginia fans are interested in in this story because they remembered just what a great guy he was. Uh, I've had a lot of people uh, reach me through Twitter or email and, and just talked about they were classmates or played pickup ball with him uh, before he became a, a varsity player, or even after he uh, became a varsity player. I think he played some pickup ball with students and um, just a really popular guy, and uh, it, it's, it, what a terrible loss to have him. He was only 60 years old. And um, I also wanted to thank our sponsors, uh, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, UVA Orthopedics, the Good Feet Store over at um, – why can I never think of this? Soonfield, right? Soonfield Shopping Center. <laughs> I, I we had the same brain cramp together a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I, keep, I keep thinking Stonewall for some reason. <laughs> I keep thinking Stonehenge, so you're better than me. <laughs> and uh, the Aberdeen Barn, we we love those people, and uh, we uh, we can't do it without their support. So uh, go and and uh, make use of them uh, whenever you get a chance, and uh, tell them the, tell them we sent you. But. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a short week, not a lot going on. And uh, going down to Georgia, uh, their Wahoos are going down to Georgia Tech on Saturday, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Yellow Jackets are seven and five. They haven't been very impressive. They lost uh, a lopsided game to Clemson, I think, in their last outing of several days ago. Um, so we'll see. It, it it could like I said, it could be a trap game. So Virginia will have to be uh on its uh on its toes to make sure that they can escape the pavilion down there with the uh, with a win. The road has already been unkind to ACC teams this year. Uh, Duke losing at Wake Forest, Virginia Tech losing at Boston College, of course, Virginia losing at Miami last week. So um yeah, you you, you don't take them for granted no matter what in the ACC. Um yeah. Well, for Jerry Radcliffe, I'm Chris Graham. Of course, for, for more UVA sports news, you can go to AugustaFreePress.com, but also go to JerryRadcliffe.com for the latest. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. 
The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. 